0: Today, we meet a tech entrepreneur who's helped guide his firm through many storms since launching seven years ago. Now, he and Elysian Technology enter an exciting new phase this year with a spate of hiring and moving into a new facility in Nashua. I'm Matt Mowry, editor of Business NH Magazine.
1: And I'm Nathan Carroll, founder and president of Cardinal Consulting. And welcome to BizCast NH. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, recently, I think we said, oh, you know, we were talking about fall on, one, on a top of one episode um, and how the kids are going back to school. Well, Ooh. they are back. It is official. They are way back. Um,
0: Did you notice the smile on my face? I
1: know. I know. How's it going in your family for, you know for back to school? Because your kids are a little bit older. So. They
0: are. Okay. So 13 8 so we're talking last year of- Middle school, eighth grade, and last year of elementary school, fifth grade. So big years. Yeah,
1: milestones.
0: Um, The kids were excited to go back for the most part. They're having a good, smooth transition, which is a huge difference from last year where my middle schooler, because sixth grade was virtual. It was Mm -hmm. his first year back, and it was a big transition year. And all I can say is we survived it. Uh So um, we had a discussion with him about – um you know start of the school year buddy you know it's not about just getting through yeah. the school year we're yeah. we're expecting big things high schools around the corner right. so Smooth sailing so far, but we're only weekends, so I'll knock on wood on, on that. How about yeah. you? You got youngsters? There's some do. big goings on in your house. Yeah, we
1: have a we have now a first grader, and um, my my daughter is doing some preschool at home with mom, which is happens to be on the other side of my office in the basement at home. <laughs> so I get all like to hear all the cuteness going on over there. Aww. She's very agreeable. She likes to read. She likes to just do things herself. Or have someone else do them. The other day it was, yeah, why don't you just do that? She (laughs) said to my wife and we're like, oh, okay, that's the way it's going to be. She's funny. She's a little bit of a spitfire at three. Um, And Noah's, um, you know, he's getting into it. It's, um, It's tough. Because it's change. No, uh, all of us carols hate change, just like now, a lot of people. What so. year is he in now? He's first grade now. So yeah. that's a big transition from
0: kindergarten to first. It
1: is, yeah. yeah. And they did a little bit of a mixed class last year, so a lot of his friends are actually second graders, uh-huh. so he doesn't get to see them as much. Aww. So we don't like that, but hey, we'll we'll acclimate. I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Either that or... I'm moving out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but, you know, it's good preparation for life because that's life, right? It is. Change Everything comes and we're not comfortable with it and we dig in we? and get through it. Exactly. So,
1: how do we deal with it, right? And right?
0: speaking of which, I think yeah, someone knows about a little some... something about. Dealing with change and digging in and getting through it and, and moving on to another phase, let's, let's introduce them.
1: Let's go. Our guest this week is Sean Burke, founder and chief technology officer of Elysian Technology, an IT firm and true family business founded in 2015, along with his parents, Bill and Audrey Burke. Elysian's customer-focused teams have experience as end users, solution architects, and implementation experts, and they remain vendor agnostic, which we'll dig into as well. Sean, welcome. Thanks for having me today, guys. It's our pleasure. Um, There's a number of great technology companies here in New Hampshire. We've talked to a few of them here at BizCast. So I think what would be really great to know out of the gate is how the skills and the passion
2: at Elysian differentiate the company in this market. Sure. It's a crowded market. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of companies doing a lot of good things out there. Right. I think the way we're different and one of the reasons we started this business was because we wanted to create business partnerships with our customers. So, you know, if I rewind 12 years or so and we start looking at the adoption of cloud in our marketplace, oh, yeah. right. That put a lot of pressure on companies like ours. So in our industry, we're known as a value added reseller. Right? Okay. So um, the best way that I correlate this to um maybe the layman is mm-hmm. sure. you might have a general contractor as you try and do a building, right? Mm. And they pull in the roofing company. They pull in the drywall people, right? They're pulling in experts in all these different areas. Sure. They're guiding you through the process and they're delivering a solution, which is the outcome of a built house or an addition or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So in many ways, we do the same for our customers, right? There's a lot of technology in the marketplace. How do you mm. know which technologies to go with um, which ones fit your organizational needs and where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And and if, and so I think as we saw cloud adoption uh, accelerate, mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure on businesses like us, right? Because that took business in many ways away at that time, right? There wasn't a lot of professional services or teams that were experts in the cloud. And so I started watching uh, the industry start to, sell what was on the truck rather than listen to customers. Mm. What What are you trying to do? Right. And, I, and I'm painting with a broad brush. Not yeah, everybody yeah. is that way. Right. right. So, but a lot of, Hey, I've got a hammer. What you what you have looks like a nail. Mm. You know, let me sell you this hammer. Right. And so when we create business partnerships with customers, what we're really trying to do is identify where they're going three, five years out. Nice. Look at the technology they have. Mm. And how do we, Use what they have and make smart investments in order to grow with them over the next three to five years, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of differentiated ourselves mm-hmm. that and the technical expertise, right? My sales director was an IT director for two years. Oh, nice. Right before, so he yeah. understands the customer their pain points and what's going on. So. Cool.
1: So that vendor agnostic piece, is that essentially meaning that like you sort of said in the sense that you're not like selling all HP, for example, or, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, stuck with one vendor. You're again, looking more at the needs of the customer and the solutions. Yes, right? very, very much so. Okay. And, and then finding the right brand or the the right piece of technology, no matter who, who made it as it were.
2: you know, what we find is a lot of times customers come with a single problem Mm -hmm. and it's really easy to push something in and just solve that problem. And we'll walk in with a customer and we'll find out that they solve 20 problems with 20 different tools that are generally doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's opportunities for them to kind of consolidate, streamline operations, save money. Um, all of our, all of our customers have IT staffs that are, um, way too busy right there's too many tasks on them they're understaffed Mm -hmm. and so how do we streamline and reduce the amount of work they have to do so they can be more effective in their job yeah cool cool so this is
1: um this is kind of what i would call like a bni question if you're a bni person or
2: ever have been okay um
1: but who is your ideal client
2: yeah that's a great question so um We have four primary industries that we do well. Mm. So um, supporting the defense industry, primarily through prime contractors. Okay. uh, Manufacturing, advanced manufacturing customers, software development firms, companies like that. Mm -hmm. Primarily what their, their motion is, is they're developing intellectual property or software that they're delivering to customers. And there's a component of it, of software development that they have to enable. The IT staff has to enable, right. And, mm. and make it uh, really easy for them to develop and push updates and interact with their IT team and, you know, kind of all that stuff. And then there's a, uh, a, a research component, which is heavily tied into uh, software development. So we help customers build out software development platforms, right? Or the infrastructure, help the infrastructure teams develop the platforms for their developers to do more effective work instead of managing the IT. Sometimes we walk into shops and the developers run, you know, managing the server infrastructure and it's kind of this thing off to the side, (laughs) which is super great when it's your intellectual property and you don't have it governance on it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that 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 becomes a challenge for organizations so how do we bring that back together get developers and the it staff working closely together to be cool. successful um and then enabling the r d part so the machine learning uh components ai components and building the infrastructure that's easy and dynamic so that they can continue evolving their product
0: and wow. so now that we've gotten to know and a bit better. Yeah. Let's get to know you a bit yeah. better. Go back in the way back machine here. I feel like we should do a Wayne's World. Um, so where did you grow
2: up and what kind of kid were you? Oh, what kind of kid was I? Yeah. Well, uh, so I grew up <laughs> in New Hampshire. I grew up in Litchfield, New Hampshire. I went to school at Auburn. Um, what kind of kid was I? I uh, liked video games and I liked sports. So that was, those are the two things that I did. I played soccer in high school and Probably too much video games. <laughs> right. Didn't we all?
0: And so at what point did you start veering into like the tech fields where I want to go? Uh, you know, what ma- what steered you into that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So when I was, gosh, I got to say around third grade, second or third grade, my father worked for digital. Remember digital? Oh, yeah. incorporated yeah, yeah, I used yeah.
0: to live down the street from Deck and <clears throat> Merrimack.
2: Yeah, they used to have a huge presence down here. Yeah. Right? Um, so he brought home... I want to say it was a three a, a three eighty six PC, right? Oh my and gosh! You remember, you, we're going way back, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the first games that we got on it was Wolfenstein three D. Oh my goodness! Which uh, yeah. I can remember. Well, back in those days, you used to be able to stay home from school, right? If yeah. you stayed home from school, your parents weren't. You know, they were they were working full time jobs. Yeah. Um, and I can remember calling him and saying, I'm, I'm bored. What, what should I do? And he's like, go play the computer. Go play Wolfenstein 3D. I'm <laughs> like, I am. I, okay. There's no way I'm getting on there <laughs> playing that, right? I was scared <laughs> of the game at that time. But anyway, so I started building computers after that. Um, you know, just continued, you know, tinkering like most people in the tech industry. I went to college for business. Um, I actually got out of college and uh, my biggest regret on vehicle, I'm a car guy. I had a 68 GTO oh. and so I thought I was going to be a mechanic. I was terrible at it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so got an opportunity with Hewlett Packard enterprise and uh, started my career there in sales.
0: Nice. So at what point you're going along on a, on a successful tech career, um, what made you want to take the leap and the risk of starting a business and not just starting a business, starting a business with your parents, your wife. I mean, yeah. this is like an all-in kind of deal. So yeah. so what prompted that?
2: So my mother, actually, we um, my father and I had been competitors for years in the industry. I was more on the pre-sales engineering consulting side. He was much more on the sales and marketing side. And we were seeing the same kind of disruption and changes happen in the industry. So I went back and, you know, as we were talking earlier about Uh, the pressure on organizations and not being what we call box pushers, right? I got a box and that's your solution. Um, And there was an opportunity to partner with our customers and we were kind of facing the same challenges and over a family dinner, my mother was like, you know, you guys got all these great ideas. Why don't we take a leap and try it? At the time there was also, you know, a whole bunch of new disruptive technology in the industry as well. Um, So all those things you know, came together, and uh, we decided to kick it off and give it a shot. I mean, cool. did
0: you yeah. bootstrap? Did you get funding? How how did you? No
2: funding. So self wow. self funded. Wow. Uh, which, when working with families, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, uh, sure we, we had some success. And our very first hire was that uh, IT director. And, you know, he helped really accelerate our growth. So that was great.
1: Right on, right on. So And so mom is the CEO, dad is the COO, is that right? That's and your correct. wife plays a role as well now?
2: Yes, yeah, she's uh, currently in charge of our marketing efforts. Nice. Um, that's nice. how we got connected, right? Right, yeah, and, exactly, uh, exactly. <clears throat> and in addition to that, she's taking over, you know, more of the back office and operations. Operations activity. So yeah, Tight knit family organization for the last seven
1: years. Cool. Um, to that end, in terms of marketing, and I know she's not here with us to answer the question, but maybe you do it justice. Um, the significance of the company name um, and the design of, of your logo and, and branding. What's where does the name? What's the significance of the company name?
2: Um, you know. It, Coming up with a company name with family is uh, was like a three month endeavor. Oh my god! I'm not, I'm not <laughs> joking. Right? Lots of strong opinions, um, and it's easier to voice them with family. But anyway, yeah. so um, I think really my parents just relented and let me choose the <laughs> name over time. And uh, and the the idea, you know, high level uh, concept is that when we create a. a business partnership with our customers and really design out solutions it makes their lives easier right and so um the elysian fields right is kind of like you know the heavenly fields right perfect area so we wanted to kind of put that with technology right we can help make things kind of perfect or heavenly, right? For nice. your environment. And I don't know if that's always true, but we we certainly strive to strive for, for it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's awesome. That's awesome to have that, you know, always in front of you, you know, this is what we want you to get to, get or to be. That's yep. great. Cool. Sure.
0: So, I, as you were mentioning, you know, when you're working with family, used to having strong opinions around each other anyhow never mind around business. So, how do you navigate that? as a family, um, when it comes to separating, you know, a normal family um, interaction (laughs) or disagreement or working through something, um, as opposed to working through the challenges of a business and making sure everyone um, is on the right track together?
2: No, that's a great question. And I think anybody that is in a family business can relate, right? Tensions Mm -hmm. and... Uh, the desire to succeed in those strong opinions are more easily vocalized with somebody that you spent, you know, I'm I'm 40, so the last 40 years. Literally your whole with, life right? with, My yeah. <laughs> life. Yeah, right. So, so um, one of the advantages we had is there's three of us, right? So as we're making business decisions, it's, it's a simple vote many times, right, um, to work through uh, what the best solutions are. Um, and, and I think the other thing that added to that was getting the outside perspective. Once we brought on Jeremy, who's our sales director, he really, um, he really, really gave us an outside opinion, uh, on the decision-making we were making. Right. Uh, uh somehow he always jokes, he became the third in deciding vote with, <laughs> with you know. but, um, but he was a great addition to the team, and that's how we've kind of navigated that. so try and leave the facts on the table, try and focus on what the outcomes are, and try and you know make smart decisions. My wife and I, on the other hand, have different decisions uh, a different strategy, primarily because we're home together every day, and we just do not talk about work unless, unless we're <laughs> that working, helps right? That helps. Yeah.
0: So um, what is the biggest I mean you've been you, you've gone from that startup phase into, you know, the, the firm really kind of finding its sea its legs. And we'll get into that in a moment. But in that seven years, there's been a lot that's gone on, both in the technology field, in society. What are some of the biggest challenges you had to overcome and what was key to succeeding?
2: Yeah, so I think I think competitive pressure has always been a big piece to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we think about our business, a lot of our customers uh, were heading to the to the cloud, right? And we're helping enable them to get there and do a phased approach of adopting the cloud, whether it be SaaS products, whether it be using it for storage or for an application, right? So they were plotting a journey and making their way on that journey. As the pandemic hit, it was, a, and and the subsequent supply chain disruptions, it's been a race to the cloud, right? So Planned migrations, planned <laughs> journeys to the cloud became. We Sprints, need to do it. Right. We need to do it now. Right. Yeah.
1: Right? We were planning. Now we need to do it.
2: And everybody was ASAP, right? I need to do it as soon as possible. So it put a it, it put a large demand on our services organization to be to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. Which, um, if you go back five years, was pretty new to our organization. You right. know, as we brought engineers in. So they've done a great job of helping customers get there and and meeting the demand. Um, But I think that's one of the biggest challenges was this, this enormous shift in priorities for our customers that pushed them to the cloud and making sure we were retooled and ready to help customers get there faster. We'll be right back.
1: Terra is one of the nation's top 50 Microsoft Cloud solutions provider, and we're proud to be headquartered right here in New Hampshire. Please visit us at www.skyterratech.com to see how we help companies with their IT needs so they can concentrate on their business. All right, we're back with Sean Burke. Um, Sean, you mentioned earlier um, that your dad started out at Digital Equipment Corp. Um, and then there's a lot of folks in our, you know, our parents' uh, generation that in that industry that started that way, that started at those big companies, you know, and then um, had all that experience under their belt. And then maybe, you know, as as your dad, and, and, and of course, you went out and started their own business. So, is that still kind of the way of the industry, you think? Are there younger people getting into workforce, working for a lot of these larger organizations? Or um, are you seeing kind of changes in that in the way that uh, people are learning, say, in you know technical programs and then in college and jumping right into their own uh, business or working for a newer
2: firm like yours? What is that kind of landscape that you see? I see the most success for customers, um, not customers, I see the most success for students coming out of college is going to those large organizations. Mm-hmm. Um there's they they just have a litany of training experience and programs that get uh you know these these students up to speed really really quickly.
1: Nice.
2: Um I'm not there's a lot of pressure in this area in the services area mm-hmm. um where I think it would be very difficult to jump uh, not impossible, but don't don't, don't take it as impossible, but it'd be very difficult with a lot of competitive pressure in order to jump right out of school and and start a business similar to ours or similar to an MSP. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that people value experience. And that's a lot of times why customers come to us is because we have subject matter experts. Excellent. And so um, I think, I hate to use the term right but you got to pay your dues a little bit yeah, get no. some reps under your belt right because right? there's some right. things that you're going to experience in the field that you may never have you know seen in college Exactly you can
1: only learn so much out of a course out of a book but to be you know immersed in it Yeah, yeah. that's that's a, a good perspective thanks
0: So um, the pandemic uh, for some businesses was an accelerant. You were seeing obviously a lot of demand for services. Can you talk about um, what effect the pandemic had on your growth
2: plans? Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about supply chain disruptions being uh, really challenging some equipment, you know, you can order it today and it's not coming for a year. Networking equipment, for example, is really in high demand. Um, and, and we've, kind of navigated that, but uh, supply chain has definitely put pressure on us in some areas. But as we look forward, um, we're we're seeing much more of a need for subject matter expertise in key areas in terms of getting to the cloud or deploying certain applications or security, for example, uh, security operations. Um, so it's kind of shifted from... Uh, An infrastructure strategy hybrid cloud model, right? So how do I take advantage of a hybrid cloud to I'm going all cloud and I really need the labor resources. I really need the expertise in order to help get there and or operate.
0: And uh, 2022 has been a big year for you. You've you've increased hiring, it seems, and you moved. Can you talk about what the impact of those have been and what led to those decisions?
2: Sure. Um, so as we looked at our business and some of those relationships and supply chain that we we're talking about, mm-hmm. we really needed to have a dock on site. So some of our customers are having us take equipment in, build out an entire solution and roll it out the door for them. Right. So wow. turnkey delivery for, for new environments mm-hmm. and and things like that. i um, also starting to warehouse and inventory equipment for customers to, to, to alleviate some of those supply chain disruptions. So those are two big drivers and, you know, space is a premium in New Hampshire, right? The market is uh pretty tight and trying to find a place with a dock is really important to us for, for the work that we do. Um, so, uh, that was one aspect of it. The other was we chose our Nashville facility to offer more health benefits to our customer. I mean, uh, our employees. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a gym on site. We pay oh, for right the on. membership. So nice. any employee that will, you know, well, any employee gets to use a pretty fantastic gym that's right on site. It's got walking trails, all, all kinds of great stuff for our employees to make their lives a little bit more enjoyable when they have to come into the office. Yeah. Cool.
0: How many employees do you have now?
2: We're at 12. We're a pretty, pretty small company. Hey, that's great. Yep. You know,
1: and, and you started, what was it about seven years ago now? Yes, so, sir. Not bad. Yeah, bad at all. Um, A little bird told me. Speaking of learning more about you, that you're more of an Android guy over
2: iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'll not. I'll not ever tell my (laughs)
1: sources. But um, isn't that sort of sacrilege in the tech world, or is that am I wrong? Depends on who you speak to. I (laughs) I guess so. So you know. So tell. Well, in, in that way, and also, I think it fits really with maybe the company being sort of vendor agnostic in that way. You're not just jumping on what everybody's got. Why the Android over the iPhone? (laughs)
2: Uh, I'm going to, for, for personal reasons, I'm going to say it's, it's, uh, comfort, right? So, and, and so when we're working with customers, we are trying to understand what fits their business model and their people, right? So what's Uh going to enable them to be successful and more productive? Not like, I don't want to throw something in that's going to change the way they have to do business and make Mm -hmm. it difficult for half of the people that work there. (laughs) Right. So we have, I mean, for every solution that's out there, there are, you know, security implementations you can apply onto them. Mm. You know, there's productivity suites that you can push onto them. So uh, I just happen to use Android because I'm more familiar with it. There you go. Yeah. I, I remember actually switching from Android to iPhone years
1: ago and it was like three or four weeks of hell. (laughs) <laughs> and I said to my wife, I was like, I don't know if I can keep this. I think I have to return this. And then it like, you know, I got over the hump and, and and you know, iPhone now. But yeah, I remember being so comfortable and then going to iPhone and being like,
2: what the heck is this? We have a
0: support group for
2: him. <laughs>
1: I'm still, I'm still, I still need support. Yeah, so exactly.
2: the other dirty little secret for the IT people that are oh, in your families that operate tell. Android, they push everybody to Apple because of the support Apple offers their user and there's so many users in the community. Mm. And if I'm on Android and the rest of the family is on an Apple product, sorry, I don't, I just don't know how it works. I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't have have to to reach out. You don't have to fix
0: stuff at home. Yeah. Yeah,
2: All I, all IT guys. very strategic, Sean.
1: Jeez. Very strategic. I'm glad I asked.
2: You become the help desk.
0: (laughs) So, um, running a business is not exactly a relaxing endeavor. Um, and then doing having a business with your family means that maybe you don't get to escape the business as much. It can bleed over into other areas of your life. So how do you make sure you carve out time in, for yourself and your family? And what does that involve? How do you power down or get re-energized?
2: Not, not a lot of time to power down, mm. as you can imagine, yep. right? Um, and you're right. You know, we go to, uh, you go to holidays, you're in the same room with people, you're dealing with the same challenges. It's really easy to slide into those conversations. So, you know, we, we make a concerted effort at this point, we make a concerted effort not to bring those to uh, gatherings and stuff. Uh, so we try and keep them separate. Uh, personally how do I power down yeah Yeah. um, what are you
0: doing when you're not running Elysian
2: about 12 different things so um, (laughs) that's good good good. all at the same time I try (laughs) so I think the probably the biggest two that are consuming my time right now are I coach uh, uh, soccer uh, here in in town at uh, Hampshire United and uh, uh, actually this is the first year that I'm no longer coaching my son in sports. He's got another coach and I'm coaching another team, which Ah. creates its own dynamic. But um, that's pretty fun. I always enjoy that. And then I got into, um, have you seen these light displays that are set to music?
1: Yes. Oh gosh, at the holiday time?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you would look at those and you would say, hey, (laughs) there must be a kit I can buy, right? So during the pandemic, we, yeah, that was a big mistake. (laughs) So during- During the pandemic, we, um, we would do these Christmas light tours, right? I would, I would create a list and we'd pack up the car and, oh, the, yeah. and the kids would go out and drive and look at all the lights. And we saw a house like this. And I said to the kids, wouldn't that be great if they did that? Like, this, that would be awesome. Let's do that. In my head, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm technical, right? Yeah. I can figure it out, but there's gotta be a kid out there. October rolls around <laughs> and my kids are like, when are we doing this light show? I'm like, I should look into a kit." There's no kit. Oh,
1: no. <laughs>
2: it's a huge DIY community. Oh, you're kidding. And it wow. is incredibly complex and time-consuming. And uh, anyway, it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's a great community that uh, all of it's open source and most of it's free. You just have to buy the hardware. Um,
0: so are you at the Griswold house on the neighborhood?
2: So I am now. Yeah. <laughs> I never oh, was, in the, I never was in the past. Oh, yeah. man, that's so, so cool. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And How many lights are we talking? Uh, this year will be a, somewhere between, it depends on if I can get everything working, but it'll be somewhere between six and eight, uh, six and eight to 10,000 lights. Depends on wow, how big I go. Right on. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Field trip. <laughs> you know where I'm heading this
1: thing. <laughs> Field <laughs> trip. Oh man. Going by the Burke's house. There cool.
2: You go. <laughs> cool. Um,
1: well, Sean, this has, been, um, this has been great and getting to know you. And, and like I said at the top, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tech companies. Um, you are doing something very different than a number of the folks that we are familiar with or talking with. And I think that's really neat having that sort of, in a way, a niche market, right? Yep. Um, and so now that you've had this growth and, you know, had some movement this year, especially um, what's the three to five year plan?
2: Yeah, that's that, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're we're continuing to hire people that have uh, some sub- subject matter expertise that can help solve customer problems. As mm-hmm. I look at our growth areas, continuing to support pri- prime contractors will be a. Um, a big forward motion for us. And, and nice. one of the reasons that fits our business model really well is if you look at them, most of them are doing software development uh-huh. and some type of AI and machine learning, and all of them have challenges in supporting and simplifying infrastructure. So, you know, we, we do a really good job in that. And we understand um, the compliance controls that are laid upon them to help them be successful, to help them stand up environments faster, et cetera. Um, we're also doing a lot of work in the education space. That's, that's an, we were recently added to a contract called the MHEC, Um, and that allows us to, uh, more easily transact business with education customers. So higher education, you know, state and local government, that type of business. So that'll be a big focus for us going forward. A lot of that is, is very similar as i look to uh hiring resources i'll go back to it again looking for subject matter experts Mm -hmm. um, we have to due to our customer base continue to support some on-site i'm sorry on-premise deployments Mm uh as well as you know helping customers get to the cloud so we'll be hiring resources in, in both those areas and continuing to grow um just continuing to double down on those key industries uh that that we've been supporting actually one of the requests we've been getting from customers is to help maintain more of their systems and move more in the msp model so you know as we look three to five years out there probably will be a component of our business that that is that right on right on some hiring some movement some growth it's all
1: good stuff Sean Burke is Chief Technology Officer of Elysian Technology. It's been great to have you and get to know you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
0: And now the buzz. So, in the September issue of Business New Hampshire Magazine, our policy form column was written. By the BIA and it was about some of the top issues um, businesses are identifying as their biggest concerns
1: this year. Absolutely. So you all know the BIA is the business, New Hampshire Business and Industry Association, the statewide Chamber of Commerce um, that held 10 roundtable policy talks uh, this summer. They do this on a, a kind of a, a two-year basis or every couple of years to be uh, making sure they're hearing from their members and also aligning with um, what may come up in the House and Senate. It here in New
0: Hampshire. Sure. Yes, and not surprisingly, the two big issues topping their list this year, they can't find enough workers. And why can't they find enough workers in part? Because there's, there's not enough not affordable enough housing. housing. Yeah. Uh, not a surprise that that rose up, but you know, definitely uh, something for legislators to pay attention to as we enter this new legislative session um, that these are policy areas we have to address if we don't get affordable housing under control and, and create more of it um, we are going to lose out on that workforce that we need to to generate our economic engine here in the state
1: absolutely it's a domino effect they also talked uh too, about inadequate child and elder care options mm-hmm. which is really really important and i think that's all been exacerbated of course by the pandemic um or at least brought to the surface so that we um can focus on it and and start to build, you know, policy around it. And hopefully that policy will um, create some, some positive change. Um, affordable child care and um, the, you know, again, the lack of elder care, but um, that burden on what I, they're calling that sandwich generation of workers who needed care for young children and elderly parents. That's not easy, nor is it cheap.
0: It's part of what's driving this whole flexibility um, issue at businesses. I mean, obviously the pandemic really revealed that people can be productive and work from home and they want that and that was a big driver, but also it helps alleviate some of that pressure that workers feel that if they have some flexibility to take care of their kids, to be able to run to school, be able to um, take care of a sick kid more easily or check in on mom and dad Mm. who may need um, some help. Right. it's a big driver, but again, there's just not enough resources there, um, and it can't be all on the employer's shoulders, sh- shoulders. There has to be some policy behind it that helps alleviate these um emergency situations yeah, that we're, they, we're finding exactly, ourselves in. Exactly.
1: And and so a part of two of this article um, also goes into uh, the taking action portion of things in the sense that uh, they didn't just get together to talk about what's wrong, but they did uh, some strategizing and collaborating on um, ways in which we could uh, hopefully head a number of these issues up, or off, rather. Um, and... You know, it's not things that happen overnight, but um, it's a great the, in terms of the business and industry association having so much their sort of thumb on the pulse of these issues. It's a great way to do it in the sense that they um, they are pulling out the issues and then being strategic around how how do we do it? What are some of the ways that they could you know, they could advocate for in the, for the business community or in, in the state. So, um, really, really interesting. They also got, uh, touched on, um, the co- cost of fuel and electricity and, and gasoline for vehicles. Um, and, you know, calling for quicker transition to renewables and all of that. Yes, we would love that. And they will probably push for that in, in certain venues at certain times. But, um, Again, it's, you know, it doesn't all happen overnight.
0: What is evident is that uh, the business community has laid out some very serious issues for the legislature to actually take some action on. And it also highlights the need for the business community to be in Concord and to be advocating for itself as well.
1: Absolutely. And that's what we're buzzing about this week.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. Check out the Cardinal blog and learn about our services
1: at cardinalconsultingnh.com. We're on social at Cardinal Consulting NH. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a joint production of Business New Hampshire Magazine and Cardinal Consulting.